Hi everyone, it's Stocks Today with JJ. Today we're going to get into more Super Investor Portfolio Updates. But I'm not going to go into individual, we'll, not, we'll probably not look at too many individual investors. We're going to look at the collective, the top 10 most owned stocks and more, the more than top 10 most owned stocks for the last quarter. What super investors have been buying, what stocks they've been buying as a collective because they're all in now. Most of them are in, they're still filtering in, but it's quite well past the last quarter and so they've had to file their 13F filings. We can see what they've been buying and we can see this group of some of the best investors in the world that what they've been buying as a group. I think it's useful to do that sometimes. And this is going to go for about 45 minutes to an hour. These ones, these are like live streams. There's no editing here. And sometimes I edit these down to go on my other channel, The Art of Value. So this if you're more into this live stream kind of format and it's more kind of personal, I think definitely more personal where I, there's no editing and I don't edit out the mistakes that I make and some of the comments that I probably wouldn't make on the other channel to make those videos that are only 10 to 15 minutes. So there's a bit longer. So just consider this like a live stream, even though it's up, uploaded a little bit later. All right, let's get into it. So super investor portfolio updates. So on the site Dataroma, which you've probably seen before, we have, I might move that down a little bit so we can see that. So the 10 most owned stocks, which have interest to me. On the right here, we have on the homepage, we have Super Investor Portfolio Stats, which I think is very interesting to look at every quarter. Again, so these are some of the most, the best investors in the world who have big funds who quite often beat the market. So this is a collection of investors that quite often beat the market. A lot of portfolio managers, a lot of fund managers in the world do not beat the market. That's often said and it's true. Imagine earning so much money and earning a commission and not even beating the market because your investors could just be, you know, they just could be investing in the S&P 500 instead of you of paying you fees. Warren Buffett had this portfolio fee structure when he first started that he had to reach a certain benchmark before he got paid at all so and he rails against well he talks about anyway about fund managers who get paid for breathing and he thinks that shouldn't happen because that was back in the days when he actually had a, had a fund but he's more you know Berkshire Hathaway's different these days they invest well they pretty much invest their own money and it's massive anyway let's get back to this 10 most own stocks. I like to see this every quarter. We might dive into some of the individual stocks, if, especially if I don't really know what they are, if I don't know much about them. It's useful to take a look at them. But we have also the 10 most stocks by the top 10 stocks by percentage, and there are actually more than 10 here, and top big bets. So let's get into it. Let's pop up this and see what the 10 most owned stocks are. Oh wait, sorry, it's not, it's the 10, top 10 buys last quarter, the top 10 buys last quarter for these super investors, for these super investors, that's Q3 2023, so let's have a quick look at that, and it is the top number of buys ads reported so far, and as I said, reporting so far it's pretty much, they've all reported so far, it's only a few that are filtering, filtering in. Around the 15th of the month they come in, reported, and the site picks it up. So we can see that the top stocks 
for Q3 2023 by these super investors, bought by these super investors, uh, Meta Platforms. So we can see 11 buys in the quarter, then Alphabet, then Amazon. So this isn't surprising. We've got the big mega cap stocks, the US mega cap stocks being picked up by these big portfolio managers. But it means if they bought them over the last quarter, it means that they have thought that they were cheap enough to buy. Most of these are value investors. Most of these fund managers are value investors. So it's interesting to see what they've been buying. And we can see that it's Walt Disney Co., Microsoft Corp. And if we click, we're going to double click on some of these and go into seeing who's buying them. But 11 buys from Meta and 11 buys from Alphabet, Google, so I did notice that a lot of super investors did think that Google was a good buy, including I think Lee Lu even picked up some in that last quarter as well. We'll have a look. We'll have a look at some. Let's just go down the list first and see what these top 10 or so, actually deeper than the top 10 is more interesting because these are pretty obvious, some of these we've got. So Meta, Alphabet, Amazon, Walt Disney, Microsoft, United Health Group. So these are pretty popular big stocks. But Thermo Fisher Scientific, what's that? I don't even know what that is. It would be interesting to have a quick look at that. So seven buys in the quarter. Dollar General, that's been in the news lately. And so value investors have picked that up. It's had a big drop. We'll have a quick look at that, I think. Apple, of course. Apple's one of the big ones. It's now over 50% of Berkshire's stock portfolio, which is pretty incredible. They haven't sold it down, even though... It's 50%, more than 50%. We'll take a look at that, or maybe at the Berkshire portfolio to see. And Alphabet, again, that's the second, you know, the other class of stock. We have Charter Communications. We have Bank of America, CVS Health Corp, Zimmer Biomet Holdings. I don't know what that is. Be interesting to have a look at that. Truist Financial Corp. Medtronic PLC. So these are some interesting ones that are a bit off the beaten track. Now we probably in value territory. It'd be interesting to dive in and have a look at these. Goldman Sachs Group. We're down to five. So five investors have bought these in the quarter. JP Morgan Chase, Home Depot, Booking Holdings. So some a lot of interest in Booking Holdings. Four investors have fund managers have bought Booking Holdings in that quarter. Elevance Health for Markel Group. Interesting, I'm going to look at that too. Four investors have bought Markel. I know that Berkshire sold down Markel this quarter, which was a surprise to me. And we'll see what the activity is now. Now all the 13 Fs have rolled in, or most of them anyway. General Electric, one that you don't really hear much about these days after the after its huge decline. But some value being seen there by at least four. So we're down to four buys in the quarter. United Parcel Service, MasterCard. We, I made a video with Chuck Acra, Acra Capital Management, who's been a big buyer over the years of MasterCard and talked about how much of a moat that has, that company. And so people still buying that. So Liberty, Liberty Media Corp, Kenview Inc. I don't know what that is for buying that. See, it's interesting to go down past that top 10 to see what, you know, and I'm not saying that we should copy, people shouldn't copy these investors. But what's interesting, and Monash Papri said this in his latest video too about cloning, how most people don't clone because it's seen as bad to copy. But the idea is to see what some of these 
top investors are buying to fish where the fish are, as Charlie Munger has often said. So this is fishing where the fish are. Look at where the big fish are and where they're fishing and go in and see and reverse engineer. Perhaps if there's a stock that you don't know about, just take a look at what they're buying. So it's really, you know, the cream of the crop, really, and seeing what they're buying and reverse engineering. No point just buying it if you don't understand it. It's got to be in the circle of competence or, you know, develop a circle, circle of confident, competence and confidence while you're, you know, looking into the industry, the sector, the companies, the competition, and perhaps buy it if it if it looks good. Because right? there are tens of thousands, as I've said before in a recent video, there are tens of thousands of public company stocks around the world. So we want to, you know, we, how do we narrow that down to the best, really, you know, there are, there are only 10% or less of quality companies. So how to find those, this is a good way of getting into that, good way of finding out what those are when some of the best investors and people dismiss that because saying, oh yeah, they're not very good. But really the, the amount of, of intelligence, education that's gone into picking these stocks is a great deal compared to most retail investors, for instance. Okay, let's continue. We're, we're down to Progressive Corp. Four. So we're going to go down and see like at least four of these investors have bought these. Taiwan Semiconductor and Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway famously bought Taiwan Semiconductor and then sold out, which is a quick turnaround. Cha Buffett changing his mind, and it was Buffett changing his mind on Ty Taiwan Semiconductor because of the geopolitical tensions, basically. He was talking about the location he said it's one of the best companies in the world, but other investors have still think that risk is okay. Buffett being conservative, Berkshire being a financial fortress, he is kind of risk averse from that point of view. Uber has been a buy in this last quarter for, for at least four investors. Union Pacific, mind you, these haven't been all buys. Some have sold, so we have to take that into account. That's why it's interesting to look at these. Charles Schwab. Visa, just like MasterCard, those two together, really both, you know, Chuck Acker has said both of those companies, and they own both of those companies in, in Acker Capital Management. Both of those companies seem to be good. RTX Corp, I don't know what that is. Let me know if you know what that is. We might look into that. I'll have to look that one up. Martian McLennan, so some more. Most of these are well-known names, of course, because they're you know they've or, they've already won, as Terry Smith would say. He invests in companies that have already won, and if they've already won, they're usually quite big. They're quite well known, but he looks into those still. And if they've got a high return on capital employed, that's when he gets interested. Talked about that before in videos too. Important metric, and we can look at that too. Lockheed Market, Lockheed Lockheed Martin Corp. Now, this could be to do with some of the military conflict and wars going on around the world at the moment. That's probably got a bit to do with it. I don't know what the share price has been doing on that. VF Corp. And we get to Alibaba Group Holdings. Now, I just made a video, a couple of videos on Alibaba. One on this channel, Stocks Today with JJ. And I made an edited version. I think it's 13 minutes long. Just published it overnight, my time. And it's doing well. It's a condensed version of the semi-live stream this video that I did just putting it down the main points there which I think people obviously appreciated because they're they're watching it which is great of key points that I see in that in Alibaba's earnings and we have three investors picking that up in the quarter which isn't a great deal 
some sold of course so there's mixed mixed feelings mixed thoughts on alibaba and the chinese situation i, I went to go and look at that video either of those videos look at the condensed version if you want to get it you know the key points and a, a recap of earnings and my thoughts on it so i think i've probably said enough about alibaba in the last few days since earnings so crh i, I noticed that you know three investors have bought that pindoldo I've talked about Pindoldo too. I don't like Pindoldo. I looked at the short report. And I really don't, I just don't believe the numbers. The mar Everything just seems too good to be true. But some investors here don't think so. And it'll be interesting to see who. So we can go into that. H-E-R-C Holdings. Block. Oh, Block is interesting down there that three, three super investors have bought block this quarter so that that's interesting to me that's that featuring on the list really for the first time i haven't seen many of these big fund managers and some of the best investors in the world investing in block westco international work day i would like to investigate that a bit too because we'll have to see who is buying that wills tower watson baxter international equifax hilton worldwide holdings I think Bill Ackman is a holder of that. Goodyear Tire and Rubber. Interesting. MetLife, SPDR, Eli Lilly, NVIDIA. People buying NVIDIA. I think that David Tepper from Appaloosa Management was one of those that had bought, but I think he might have sold down. Be good to get into that. Freeport, McMoran. So we're getting down further down to the list where only three of them have bought. And Intuit's in there. Let me just see. I'm not going to read all of these out. I'm just going to see if anything catches my eye at this point. That'd be interesting to look at for myself because this is more about, I mean, I, you know, I'm doing this for myself. This is the way that I, something that something that I do in my investing. Look at these. So I thought I'd share it with, share it with you. So General Motors, interesting that these are only 0 0.007 percent at at the moment sorry to zoom by like this but so carmax pfizer Gen, so general motors paramount paramount pfizer hdfc bank so i've heard quite a good quite a few really excellent investors say that hdfc bank is worth investing in but you know, sometimes often it's not cheap enough to buy Target. So it'll be interesting to see if that's dropped or what's going on there. Three investors, Target Corp, Russell 1000 Growth ETF. Now that's interesting. I shares Russell 1000 Growth ETF. Vale Resorts, that name comes up a lot. PepsiCo, Qualcomm, Starbucks, Nike. So again, big names. So we're getting down to the bottom of the list where only a couple have. But all of these, the fact that these, these, some of the greatest investors in the world have bought any of these still, some of them is of, you know, of acknowledgement as rather than not buying them at all because there are thousands that they haven't. Comcast, Johnson & Johnson, Nexstar Media, JD.com, right down the bottom, two investors have bought JD. C Limited, now the C Limited has had a massive a massive fall. It'll be interesting to see who has bought those. So let's go up. Let's let's go up to the top of the list now and just investigate further. Click into some of these and see 
who has actually been buying these and who hasn't. Meta. Let's just look at the number one stock. Meta. Meta, Alphabet, and Alphabet's probably more because there's two classes of stock there. So really the most popular one for that last quarter is Meta. I mean, is Google Alphabet. Excuse me, nearly swallowed an ice cube there. <laughs> and it is that's something I'd edit out in the in the if it wasn't if it was a shorter clip, but let's just leave it in. Mesa platforms. I forgot that it was iced coffee there. I usually have hot coffee. It's summer where I'm. It's heading into summer. We're in spring. It's getting warm, even warm in the morning. It's really nice to have to go into that this time of year here. I know in the northern hemisphere it's the opposite, going into winter. Some people like winter, especially if they're into snow sports. So we'll be looking forward to that. Anyway, holiday seasons all around. We have summer holiday season, which is nice. We have. Uh, one of my kids is already on a long summer holiday. Ten weeks he's got. He's had really high pressure exams, and now he's he's uh, heading into the summer break or summer work, perhaps for ten weeks. Meta platforms. Let's go. Let's have a look. Go away that ad, please. So we can see who owns it in the activity in the quarter. So it's owned by a vast number of investors there. This is the ownership, and it's owned by how many? 25 of these investors own Meta, and no doubt many of them bought them on the big dip that happened, and now it's gone up again, but people are still buying, so I'm interested to see the activity. Let's just see in this last quarter. Let's go into this activity in the last quarter, and we can see that the top activity, David Tepper from Appaloosa Management, still buying added 29%, it's not a new buy, there are some new buys in there, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Daniel Loeb and Stephen Mandel all bought Meta in that quarter, And but David Tepper bought 447,000 more shares, 29% of the US portfolio in that quarter, John Armitage, Viking Global, Chase Coleman, Lee Ainsley, Thomas Gainer from Markel added 2.4%. But who reduced? Who changed their mind there? Rob Rob Vanell reduced a little bit. We can just we can kind of not count these small allocations that they've because there are many reasons that investors you know trim a little bit. But 25%. Pat Dorsey cut 25%. And somebody said to me, I saw. I think I saw a video sometime who somebody who went into Rob Vanell's uh, Pat Dorsey's portfolio said that he had a pretty rough time over the last few quarters. So, but I haven't looked into Pat Dorsey's portfolio. I might do that in another video. I'm gonna keep doing these. I think doing these for a few. You hear that cat meowing? That's a cat who's interested in getting my attention while I'm videoing. <clears throat> so, so that is. Now that is Meta. What else have we got? Let's go back. Let's go back and see. So Meta Alphabet. Should we look at Alphabet? Yeah, let's look at Alphabet. There's only, this is only one class of stock though, So, but usually they buy both. I guess I can do both. Let's have a look. Oh, not found. What? What? It's not true. What's what the, 
<laughs> okay. So we can see here that ownership count 33. 33 of these investors own, own Google or Alphabet. I still call it Google. I don't know about you. I think most people do. So Li Lu is the, t according to this, the top owner, of course, 18.29%. This is only his US fund. If we look at the wider fund, which I have in another video, then, you know, and we can look at Ticker Terminal and we can see, I'll show you Ticker Terminal. So these are the fund managers. I'll put a link to Ticker Terminal in the description here. You can use a referral link if you want to. They One of the best features, I think, of Ticker Terminal is the track, track investor guru. So we can see international portfolios. So Dataroma is only, is only the US portfolios, but here we can see more. See, we can see here Acro Capital Management. There are different types of portfolios. If I look up Lee Lu's, which is Himalaya Capital, we can see his greater portfolio. See, we can see that the actual top holding of his is Postal Savings Bank of China, which we would never know if we if we didn't look at this. Bank of America, number two. But Postal Savings Bank of China is 30% of his portfolio, which is pretty incredible. Alphabet is 15%. That's what we wanted. But there's two, the two classes. See, he owns two, the two classes, but 15.3% for one and 12.74% of the other. He may own stocks that aren't in here as well that Ticker doesn't know about. Would not surprise me. He's talked about own, owning BYD. Buffett or Berkshire's been selling it down, so it wouldn't surprise me if Lee Lu's been selling it down as well, actually, because Lee Lu knows Charlie Munger. Invest Charlie Munger's personal money. Lilu's one of it's the only investor that really Charlie Munger trusts to invest for him some some money, quite a lot of money I think. So in uh, he, but Lilu's talked in interviews. I've seen him talk about that his when he was asked about Tesla, he said BYD's my bet. That's where I'm putting my money, and that was not long ago. I think that was last year. So it'll be interesting to see if he sold it down. We don't know that. It'll, I'm sure it'll come out eventually. He doesn't say much. Doesn't do many interviews. But a very good investor. And so Google together, the two classes of stock is around 28%, over 28% of his full holding, which is, but Postal Savings Bank of China, know nothing about that. Many people in the West wouldn't know anything about that. It's totally out of our circle of comp competence, really. You might, you might know it. You might know it. I do not, and I would not be even thinking about looking into that one, I don't think. But what I want to have looked at into is East West Bank Corp, which is 5.6% of his portfolio. He did not add to it over that last quarter. It doesn't look like he added to anything over that last quarter. And it's 5.6% a bank based in LA, regional bank. So that regional bank dip he went in and bought, probably had it on his watch list for a while, I would say. Probably maybe he banks there himself. Who knows? Because he does live in the US. Anyway, let's get back to let's take a terminal. It's really interesting to see these international holdings. We can see Monash Pabrice holdings in there as well. So check the you know I think they ticket terminal is having a sale at the moment actually as well. Thirty percent off. If you watch looking this in the next few days or week, I don't know how long the sale is, but you know Black Friday sales they have thirty percent off their subscriptions. So do check that out. And we have. Where are we? Alphabet. Yes. So Lee Lu, Pat Dorsey added 22, 23%. Uh, 
who some people reduce. Let's just go straight into the activity so we can condense this down. This is the one class of shares and the other class of shares. We'll look at G-O-G-O-O-G-L first. We can see here, here we go. We can see that Bill Ackman added nearly 100%, nearly doubled his position. 2 million shares, which is a change in the portfolio of 2.71%. But he's the top buyer of GOOGL in that last quarter. And Case Chase Coleman, Tiger Global Management, added quite a lot there. Josh Tarasoff. He's got an interesting portfolio from Green Greenlee Lane Capital added 17%. David Katz, Francis Racon. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that, but I'm assuming it's French. Thomas Russo added a little bit. He's also a very good investor. He's I would say specializes, but one of his big circle of competences is drinks, beverages, alcoholic beverages, and so forth. He's He's talked about the firm, talked about that on podcasts. Jensen Investment Management, don't know much about them. It'd be interesting to find out more they added a little bit. Thomas, Tom Gaynor from Markel. All right. And I, I imagine it's much the same for the other stock because people tend to buy some of each. Pat Dorsey, John Armitage, David Tepper again. So some of the similar names. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation bought some there. New buy. 0% of the portfolio. That, of course, is a massive portfolio. Massive. Let's actually go and have a look. $38, $39 billion portfolio from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And they've been buying Microsoft. What a surprise. Well, you know. Adding to a little bit. And Berkshire Hathaway. I think they get given Berkshire Hathaway shares through Warren Buffett over time. All right. And we have, let's go back, let's forget that for now and go back to Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So top 10 buys, let's have a look. What else can we look at here? Amazon, Walt Disney, I don't think we need to look at those, it'd be pretty Let's look at something more interesting. Let's look at something that's not known so much would be interesting pick that I saw when we were, when we were going down the list. Let's see. Be quiet, please. Look. Microsoft. United Health Group. Thermo Fisher Scientific. What is that? Seven, seven investors have... Invested in Thermo Fisher Scientific. Let's go into that and have a look. Do not know anything about this. Ten investors. Chris Holm, who is a well-respected investor too. TCI Fund Management. 5.86% of the portfolio. Walter Wallace. I was going to say Walter White. Wallace White's. From the White's Value Fund, 4.71% have added. So Poland Capital Management, AKO, AKO Capital, Viking. Actually, those, those have reduced, but these are the people that own it. Thomas Gaynor added 65%. Interesting, and in, in the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So let's just see the activity. We can see Tom Gaynor's the top adder there. Not much. As I said, he invests 
like it's a sports team where he has companies on the bench and he adds them and if they if they start to perform if they perform better sorry the cat's trying to get get around my microphone would you stop please as um you know he invests like a sports team where he has players on the bench and if they start to play well perform well over quarters he'll buy more buy more bump them up put them onto the playing field and then if they start being star players he'll buy more so he invests like that incrementally small, which is really an interesting way to invest and it's kind of a wise way to invest when you think about it. So it's sort of like dollar cost averaging, but not really, but just adding and taking away. So over 10 years, if a company performs well, they might end up at the top of the portfolio or if they don't do well, he'll knock it off. He'll kick them off the team. And so Bill and Melinda Gates and Lee Ainsley, Matt from Maverick Capital, have been buying a little bit, 783 shares, Lee Ainsley. And so some reductions there, but what is this company? Thermo, TMO, let's look that up. I'm going to look that up because I, I just don't know anything about this company. Thermo Fisher Scientific. I'd like to know the, the market cap. Is it a big company? I assume it is. It's just probably way out of my circle of competence, so I don't, that's why I probably don't know much about it. So in market cap of... That 180, whoa, that's big. 200, enterprise value of 209. Okay, let's see. About the company. Thermo Fisher Scientific provides life science solutions, analytical instruments, specialty diagnostics and laboratory products and biopharma services in the United States and internationally. The company's life sciences solutions segment offers regents, instruments and consumables for biological and medical research, discovery and production of drugs and vaccines, as well as diagnosis of infections and diseases and solutions include, and it goes on, so definitely in the healthcare, bio or pharma sector there that is out of my circle of confidence, competence and confidence. The two go hand in hand, competence and confidence. And it's a big company too, as I said, I'm more interested in smaller caps. And so, yeah, that, but that's interesting that they, they have been doing that. If we look at the share price, let's have a quick look at the share price to see what's happened. It has been going down recently, so these investors who are buying sort of over a year to date, let's see, year to date has gone down, so, and it's been down at that, so far the bottom was in, at the end of October, so still, it's been going down since they bought it, because remember, this is in the last quarter, and so ongoing, it's interesting to see. This is part of the opportunity with these investors, if you see, if you dig into a company and you reverse engineer and decide that it's for you, that it's a good company, and it's gone down, it's actually cheaper than some of these investors got it, then that is an even better opportunity than they got it, if if it works out, that is. No guarantees that it's going to work out, not investment advice at all. But quite, sometimes I've found that, I've found a company through here, even a small cap, and I've looked into it and decided, hey, this is a good company, but it's going through, it's gone down a lot, and that could be a reason, say with Lee Lu who bought East West Bank Corp after it had gone down in that regional banking crisis or the bank crisis when Silicon Valley Bank went under. So he bought East West Bank Corp at that time. And when I looked at it, it was less than what he could have bought it for. It had to be because 
it had gone down more since that the last quarter and he i noticed he hasn't bought any more so and also there, were, there was a Sorry, insider buying at the time too. That's interesting to see if there's insider buying and these super investor buying at the same time. Then that's, I think that that becomes very interesting because the, uh, there's only one reason that insiders buy. They can get stock op options, of course, but if they're buying on the open market at a time when the stock price goes down, you know that they have some real confidence in the company. They're not going to buy it for sure. There are many reasons that people sell stocks and really only one reason that they buy that they think the share price is going to go up in the future. No no guarantee of when, but they think if they're long-term investors, they think that it's going to go up in the long term. All right, so that's Thermo Fisher Scientific. Interesting to find I learned something new there. And let's have a look at something else, something more interesting. Dollar General, interesting. Let's have a look. There's been talk about this, of course. Let's see who's been picking that up. Christopher Bloomstrand has been buying that. He has, he's a big Berkshire Hathaway. He knows a lot about Berkshire Hathaway. He's been investing for years and has analyzed it really a lot, a huge amount. He knows a lot about Berkshire and Warren Buffett. And he was criticizing back i noticed on twitter he was on twitter or x formerly twitter he was criticizing arc for what they were buying and when they were buying it in a bubble he was getting pretty pretty into criticizing what they were doing at the time and he was of course he was correct about it being a sort of bubble at the time and i thought it was an obvious bubble too in terms of emerging tech an emerging tech bubble and if you look at arc now it's sort of only a few percent above where it was five years ago in the S&P 500. It hasn't been beating the S&P 500. You know, there are various opinions about that. Will it do? But I thought it, you know, it was pretty shocking that they were saying we're going to get 15% CAGR publicly. And it, it, when it went down, they were saying at one point they were confident of getting 50% CAGR. I don't know how the SEC isn't following that up. I don't see how that's legal to do that. But anyway, I digress. Chris Bloomstrand has been buying, has been buying Dollar General, 175%, 10.19% of his US portfolio. Of course, these investors can have, as I said, international portfolios. So this, but I think Bloomstrand is probably centered more on the US. Pat Dorsey has bought Dollar General as well. Seth Klarman, well-known value investor, bought that book. Bought the book, wrote the book Margin of Safety, which he I think there's not many printed. That's why it's so expensive on eBay when, when you go and buy it. Of course, people people get it, copy it and get it other ways. So Seth Clemens bought 280, increased 283%, 1.91% of the portfolio. He's known as a value investor. So I would not be surprised me. Oh, you can see, we can see here the share price. If you can see that, it's probably, I'm probably covering it up. But it has gone down over the last year. Look at that. And we look at the five years. It has gone down quite a lot recently. So a value play for sure. Thomas Gaynor also picking it up. I have not looked into Dollar General. I'd be interested to see that. Let's have a look. Let's just go into it. Let's look. Because I am not. it's not in my circle of competence. I'm not really interested in Dollar General, to be honest. But 
Let's have a look at some of the metrics for Dollar General. Here we are on Guru Focus. I'll also put a link in a referral link in the description of, of Guru Focus. I use Guru Focus all the time. It's got so many metrics, goes back a long way. It's a little bit more pricey than Ticket Terminal, but it has more metrics and it's value focused. Really useful site. I found it over the years. Dollar General Corp. 121 so it's got a market cap of 26 billion and an enterprise value of 44 billion so again a big company pretty mature and we can see it's 435 percent all time so going back to when does that go back to it goes back to 2010 no, 2001, so way back. So look at it. Look at that chart lately. Oh, you won't be able to see that. I'll probably, probably be covering me. But it has below the high 53.24%. It is 53.24% below the peak. So it's down. And so people think these investors think that it's a value play for sure. At this point, and we can see that Guru Focus says uh, says that it has a Guru Focus value, GF value of $274, and it's now $121. So substantial upside there for that, if that is to be believed. I don't take this value. I take this as a general. It says significantly undervalued, but you do have to do your own work. You cannot rely on a site like this. It's just a general, they have certain metrics that they use in, in certain ways of valuing, or they have different ways of valuing. Let's see the GF value is 274, earnings power value 69, it won't go into these. Tangible book 346, Graham number, I won't go into this. Peter Lynch value 157, so there are different ways of, of valuing these, but it's pretty automatic. DCF they've got here of 227. DCF, I do not rely on. This site does that, but I do not rely on a DCF. Only when a company is extremely stable, where earnings are predictable. We could say earnings are not always, uh, hardly ever predictable, but DCF, see most people using a DCF all the time for everything. When it it's, it's can be, you can change one number in a DCF and you can be out by a universe. Oftentimes, so you know that happened in the people using a DCF during this emerging tech tech bubble that happened, and you know for companies like Tesla and so forth, sort of extrapolating earnings out a long way, five, ten years, which is really really, you know, is prone to massive error in, in, for growth companies. So DCF is only useful in it's only useful in certain situations, I think, where you've got a long history, a stable history of companies. And a lot of investors don't really invest in those types of companies or don't want to because they want higher growth companies. Anyway, they give Dollar General a four star. And we look at some of the metrics here just superficially. As I said, don't take this as gospel. Gross margin, 31. Operating margin, remember this is kind of retail as I understand it. Actually, I will look at DG, Dollar General. Let's see. I like Ticket Terminal as a description. They have a pretty good description. 
Dollar General Corporation, a discount retailer, provides various merchandise products in the southern, southwestern, midwestern, and eastern United States. It offers consumable products, including paper and cleaning products such as paper towels, bath tissues. <laughs> Going to list all the products here, is it? Paper dinnerware, tr- trash, and storage bags, disinfectants. Now we saw this during the pandemic. People were buying toilet paper and so forth, buying mess, you know, hoarding this sort of thing. Packaged food comprising cereal. So really, discount retailer. Discount retailer. So part of the thesis of, of this, I would say, at the moment, is if if the US is heading into recession, if it is a recession, this would be reasonably recession resistant. So, but it has reported lately, and it's gone been going down. Let's have a look at this share price for one year. It's 52% down over the three years, 43% down, and five years, 13% over five years. So yes, it has gone down a lot recently. Definitely a value, seen as a value play here. If it's the price is 121, we, we go back, 121 was seen there in 2019, November 2019, so being wound back quite a lot there. So some of these investors seeing this as a good opportunity. We can see the return on capital employed is 13.55, which is not bad. Return on investor capital. So let's just, I might just, uh, debt to equity, 2.86. Well, that's pretty high. You want to see that Warren Buffett sort of thing. I've seen him say that he looks for things around 0.5, no, no more than 0.5. Maybe a little bit more sometimes, but 2.86 is pretty high. So I'd say that they got quite a lot of debt there. So we've got market cap of 26.7 billion and enterprise value of 44 billion. So I'm not looking at companies like this. This is so massive, too massive for me. I mean, if it's a value play and it goes back up, you can get a good percentage. But compounding over time, I prefer much smaller companies to start off with. But let's look at the financials here. Look at the financials. Bring that down. So we bring it in frame. We've got revenue. So five-year revenue growth growth rates per share of revenue. Ten-year, 13.2. So that's substantial. Five years, 14.7. One year, 14.1. Okay. If we see that graph there of... Revenue trend line and uh, revenue trend line versus revenue. Revenue is dropping off. Let's have a look at the revenue. I'll bring that up a bit. No, I have to bring that down. Okay, so revenue is, let's see. So trailing 12 months, 38.8, 37. This is going back in years. Wait one year at a time on 20. 22, 30, it was 34, then 33.7, 27.7, 25.6, 24. So pretty consistent over time. I can probably see how these investors might be interested in this. So going back to January 2008, actually this is a good time because there was a deep recession. So we, if we go back, you know, 2008 was 9.4 billion, then 10.4 
then 11.7. So pretty consistent through one of the deepest recessions of live in living memory. It did not dip there at all during recession times because it's a discount retailer. So that would be of interest, I think. It's kind of a, a crux. It's good. That's why it's good to look back this far. I mean, that's a long time now, back to 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 January two thousand and eight, and we could even look back further than that. But those are, these are, you know, and so it's gone from nine and a half thousand to thirty eight between between two thousand and eight and twenty twenty three, and we can see the quarterly as well. Got the July quarter there. Anyway, we won't go too far into it, but I can see, you know, I can get an inkling of why they might be interested in that. For sure. Look down the list here. Pretty small to look at. I mean, I'm not interested in this, but I'm interested in just seeing, I like to look at a lot of companies because you learn to see patterns of what you into when you see a good company, you know you know it's a good company because it sort of jumps out at you. Return on equity, 36, 40, 37, 39, 26. Rising return on equity, return on assets. And the good numbers are pretty good, really. Return on capital employed, 30. I mean, this is not really high. See how they're, here we are. This is interesting. So, Back in January 2017 and 2016, it was 20%, 22%, 21 21 And then in 2020, it went down to 16 and then 18 then 15 then 15 So it's gone down. Return on capital employed has gone down. After being above average, it sort of fluctuated. It was way back in two, oh, January 2008. It was minus 28. So getting through that recession... Actually, that's not return on capital employed. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. Am I? So it's 13, 15, 15, 18, 16, 21, 21, 22, 20. That's pretty high. See, that's, if 15 is around the average for the S&P 500, this, these are above average. So I can see why these investors are sort of interested in it. But it has it was low and then went up, sort of peaked around 22.5. This is not working it out manually. This is me just looking at the these figures, by the way. And now down to 13. So will it go back up again? Can they find some more reinvesting? Can they re reinvest at a high rate again and grow, and grow that company? It's a big company. This is why I'm interested in smaller companies because once they get to this level, how how big can it be? How, what the, it helps when the share price has gone down this much because you get that extra boot from extra boot boost from expansion from multiple expansion if it does happen to go back up even to where it was before you get that boost but after that if it's a long-term hold can they reinvest at a good rate and start to accelerate again or sustain rather than accelerate it sustain that growth over time from being 40 from being market cap oh, I mean they've got debt there obviously so that's a danger zone, especially going into recession. That'll be part. That'll be the share price going down for sure. Big reason for it. All right, let's go back into something else. That's probably enough about Dollar General. I thought that was an interesting buy. The usual suspects, Apple. Let's find something else that's interesting. 
I'd say Zimmer Biomet Holdings, where five investors, that would be another pharma type of stock. Let's see who's been buying that. I don't know anything about that. ZBH is the ticker for that. We've got the Hillman Fund, John Rogers, who I noticed, I think John Rogers was on the Investing with Legends podcast, which is done by the uh, Columbia Business School, where I done course there value investing course uh, online there because i'm in new zealand but i did it online during it was during the pandemic actually did it was very really good course there that they courses that they run value investing the home of value investing the home of some of the best investors of all time have been there and either been there or taught there including joel greenblatt taught there It'd be great to be taught by joel greenblatt one of the best investors of our our time John Rogers, so John Rogers, two portfolio percentage, 2.7 added to David Katz. So what does, any guesses what Zimmer Biomet Holdings does? Biomet. Let's have a look. We're not in my circle of competence, but ZBH. Let's have a look. Look on ticker. ZBH. So the first thing we do when we look at a company is find out what it does. What does it do? No point in just going straight, jumping straight to the valuation. What does it do? Is it in my circle of competence? What does it do? So Zimmer Biomet Holdings, together with its subsidiaries, operates as a medical technology company in the Americas, Europe, the Middle East, Africa, and Asia Pacific. The company designs, manufactures, and markets orthopedic reconstructive products such as knee and hip products, SET products, including sports medicine, biologics, foot and ankle extremities, and trauma products. Okay, so in the healthcare sector, I mean, it sounds interesting. There's definitely, with aging populations, there's definitely, or in populations in general, and these, you know, medical devices, medical technology is getting better and better. So knees and hips, humans have troubles with knees and hips, a lot of trouble. So you can see how that could be. How big is this company? Enterprise value 28 and market cap 23 billion. See, that's big too. And again, we see a reason why they might be interested in this. We can see over one year it's down 3.7%. Year to date, it's down 11. So there's a bit of a dip there. Over three years, it's down 24. So it's been up and down there. So it seems to be quite volatile there, actually. So perhaps more of a short-term bet, perhaps, or long-term, I just don't know. But Zimmer Biomet Holdings, that's it. I don't think we'll go too more deeply into that, but that's another. Now I know what that company... Now I know what that company does. Excuse me. Trust Financial Corp. How big... True, sorry, not Trust. Truest Financial Corp. Who's been buying that? That's interesting. What is it? Six investors. Tweedy Brown & Co. One of the long-term value funds, value, value uh, investment companies. Christopher Davis, Lee Ainsley, First Edge, Thomas Russo. Actually, I want to have a look at Markel. Who's been buying Markel? Let's do that. So, Markel, 
We're 51 minutes. So I'm going to wrap this up soon. I've done quite a lot. Josh Terrace. So Markel is run by. Uh, Markel is run by Thomas Gaynor. Or he's the, he's the CEO and he's also in charge of investments there, overseas investments there. He's not known as a baby Berkshire. And we can see the activity. Who owns Markel is Josh Tarasov, Francois Rocon, Christopher Davis, Thomas Russo, Warren Buffett, and Poland Capital Management. So it was of great interest to me that Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway purchased, they bought shares in Markel for the first time, sort of went under the radar a couple of quarters ago, but they've reduced 66%. So that is something bad there. So let's see the activity in the quarter for Markel. We have six ownership, six count, count six. Ownership ranks 72. And we see the activity for Markel, the baby Berkshire, mid cap, sort of getting getting larger, but you'd think a lot of compounding to go compared to Berkshire and with Tom Gaynor there at the helm. So just in this quarter, Josh Tarasov, Poland Capital Management, who's, who is known more of in for growth, I believe, a sort of growthy type of, but on the if they're in the value realm, it's in the growthy side of it. And who reduced? Warren Buffett reduced 66%. I'd want to know the reason why. Why have they, and what they're going to do in the next quarter? You see, they didn't buy, it didn't take, they haven't held it for very long. They added, they added in Q1, it's probably longer than I thought. Added 2% in Q2 2022. When did they buy? So they bought in Q1 2022. Only in Q1 2022. And they've sold down 66% in Q3 2023. So that's a relatively short-term space of time that Buffett or Buffett or Berkshire, I don't know if Buffett was responsible for it. It is insurance. Markel is involved in insurance. So you'd think that Buffett would have quite a lot to do with it or perhaps not. It's a, very, it's a pretty small holding for Berkshire in terms of things. Big holding for some other funds, but small holding for Berkshire. It's way down their list, way down their list of st stocks. But still, you know, and Markel's not a, not a massive company, so Berkshire needs to find big companies. But Berkshire's been a net seller, as we can see. But nevertheless, interesting to me that some, like Josh Charisoff from Greenlee Lane Capital has increased stake in 34 so i think wait and see next quarter what's going to happen next quarter what are they doing next quarter and we'll just leave it there we've got some but warren buffett obviously one of the possibly the one of the best invest the best investor of all time arguably but really is reduced there what's the reason for that don't know there could be other reasons other than they it could be something ongoing behind the scenes we don't know they could be taking a private stake who knows so that's some of an inkling, some of an overview of what has been bought in the last quarter, just that last quarter, some of the most popular picks from the last quarter and and sales as well. But for these super investors, as I said, it's really good to see what these super investors are doing, what some of the best investors in the world are buying, fish where the fish are, and this is a way of doing it. So I learned a little bit looked into a little bit about some of the new ones that I didn't know about that aren't in my circle of competence or I didn't even know about the thousands of companies out there but you can see getting if you look at the metrics you can kind of get a start to get an understanding 
of what they're buying and why they might be buying it. That's what I like to see with these things. But I think that's enough for today. And we'll be back again. I'm doing these daily. So join me again while we look into something else. I just don't know. Decide on the day or the night before what, what we're going to talk about. Sometimes it's just on the market, what's happening in the market. We could have talked about OpenAI, just a timestamp here with Sam Altman getting booted and then rehired by Microsoft. But there's a lot of people out there talking about that. So I just want to go back and to see, focus on what these investors are doing that not many people talk about. But it's a good way to actually find good good stocks, good in companies, or follow them, put them on the watch list, or put them on the watch list to dig into more later. So thanks for joining me today, and I hopefully will see you in the next one.